Content creation used to be a thorn in my side. Now, while my business heroines seem to be churning out high-quality, high-converting content with Bruce Lee efficiency, I felt like it was in itself a full-time job that I just didn't have time for. Now, as a solo dedicated to creating more freedom in my life, I put it on the back burner where it continued to hijack my headspace until I realized this. Content creation can flow effortlessly. It can actually be fun and doesn't have to dominate my schedule. But first, I needed a radical perspective shift and maybe you do too. So here's how I do it now. You are listening to the Thriving Empire Podcast, a show designed exclusively to help you avoid working 24-7, to help you eliminate Eliminate overwhelm and help you live your ultimate life while you figure out how to make money from your ideas. This show should be your number one resource for no-brainer strategies, tactics, and tips for launching your ideas with more ease, vision, and freedom so that you can change the world drama-free. I'm your host, Stephanie Holland, strategist, traveler, and coconut macaroon addict. Welcome to season two, kickstart your mini empire so that you can create the life you really want. So let's get started. Hello, hello. Oh my gosh, I have just figured out how to improve the sound quality of my audio snippet, the introduction jingle, and it is so cool. I'm so excited. Baby steps, people. Baby steps. <laughs> it is so fun producing your own show and learning how to do everything. Now, if you want to start one, just start and never look back. It doesn't have to be perfect. You'll learn everything you need as you go, just like I'm doing now. So check out episode 27 for my lessons in podcasting for tips on how to get started really easily. It is a steep learning curve and it is so rewarding and so much fun. So today, let's talk about infinite content creation. It's one of my favorite topics now because um, what a cool thing to be able to do um, infinitely when content really is the key to connecting with your audience. It's really a must for today's online business because content marketing really builds the no like trust factor. As cliched as it sounds, knowing, liking, and trusting you is really important for you to sell things. And it really catapults your audience into a conversion funnel where they go from not knowing you to buying from you and being a customer and then buying you from you again. And it also, at the same time, builds goodwill with the 98% of your audience who will likely never buy from you, but might rave about you to their friends and their network. And it really does help you to know of the 2% of those people who are likely to buy from you over and over again at some point in the future. So you've got to get this. Content is king and forever will be. But the must factor and the motives that drive it, so um, SEO, credibility, converse, conversions, for example, that feeling that we have to do it, that we must do it, and the sheer obligation as part of an online marketing strategy really did used to squeeze the joy out of it for me. I found myself staring at a blank screen every Tuesday, wondering what on earth I was going to send out to my list at 10 a.m. So I'm not just talking about, for example, podcast content or blog content. I'm also talking about email newsletters and just what to post on Instagram and everything. I mean, at the end of the day, all I really wanted to do was share my passions and discoveries in a way that let my audience know what I do and how I can help them because I really believe that is the best kind of marketing. But I made it a headspace hijacking chore just by thinking it of it as a marketing must instead of just realizing it 
and accepting it as just a lovely way of helping my audience get results ahead of time. Because really, it's simply about listening out for your audience's problems and offering solutions that they don't really expect and the kind of quality they don't really expect for free. And I really just learned that content marketing is a dance you play with your existing customers because the qualities of the 10 people you've loved working with the most are the one ideal customer that you want more of. So for example, you take all of those qualities from the 10 people that you love the most and you put them into this one ideal customer avatar and then you speak to that person. You create content for that person. You create solutions for that one avatar. And ultimately, you um, you get to create, produce, and distribute your content with more ease and joy if it also supports your ideal lifestyle. So this is about the way you work, the way that you create has to feel good and be part of the life that you want to create and the life that you want to sustain. So infinite content creation is possible and fun. Now, here are the steps that I'm going to share with you today um, that will let you know how I do it. And I hope they can inspire you to do it either in a similar way or kind of adapt my steps to a way that suits you. So step one, obviously, is not really negotiable. It's about listening to your current customer. So great content is in the mind of your audience. They decide if it's great or not. And to create great content for the audience, then you need to know what you're, who, who you're creating it for and getting into their hearts and minds so that you can speak their challenges and desires back to them in their own language. So I'm talking about their own words, their own phrases, their own vocabulary, their own metaphors. That is the single most important thing you will do for your entire business, let alone just your content strategy. So for example, my audience are within three years of starting up and they're feeling burnt out, broke, and frankly effing over it. And those are their words, not mine. And once I actively started working with people in this niche, I started listening out for more defining factors. And the way I did this was to schedule four client interviews a month to stay in tune with their challenges and desires and to keep every nugget of insight that they share with me into a matrix that I divide into a section for hopes and dreams, fears and challenges, fantasy solutions, and metaphors. So this living Google Doc alone has given me content ideas for the next 16 months, which then I group into themes and deliver as seasons of content. And that's exactly how I plan this podcast. It's always seasons of content. And I also scan every email or text message they send me during and after our sessions. And I keep adding those insights, those words, those phrases, specific choice of vocabulary to describe certain things and the metaphors they share with me as part of their natural conversation. Now, this kind of audience insight can become the bedrock of your entire business, from your web copy to your product and service creation. And recently, a client emailed this, for example, I'm starting to see myself as an octopus needing help to untangle my tentacles and swim in a consistent direction. Now, how could I possibly make that up? Yet that one line is packed with so much content gold and is now threaded into my work with me page. So if you don't have active clients or customers yet, just be brave and niche down. It doesn't even matter. I, I see so many questions on my business Facebook group saying, I don't know how to choose a niche. I don't know how to choose a niche. Just choose a niche. Seriously, put the niches in a hat and pick a piece of paper out of the hat and then follow that niche. You just have to get on with it. And then you scour your network to find 10 people that fit into that niche. Then you speak to them and you distill their challenges and desires and you use that 
what they tell you to actively attract more of the same kinds of people. So all you have to do is schedule a habit of conducting four chats a month to keep your insights fresh and you will have strategic fuel for your entire business on tap all the time. That step, step one, my friend, is absolute gold. So step two, and this is what I found so helpful, is to recycle your most successful products and services and content. So it's basically an addendum to step one, but really important in its own right, is repurposing content that your audience have told you they already love. It's a no-brainer. So if they loved your book, turn it into something else. If they love your podcast, turn it into something else. If they love your emails every week, turn it into something else. So from old blog posts that generated likes and conversions to um, or, and conversation to books that you've published on Amazon that have got rave reviews, your content gets better and better the more you rework it. Okay, That's what's called iteration. So 25 blog posts can turn into a podcast season. Or one blog post can morph into five Facebook Live episodes as you then weave your latest strategies, tactics, and tips into updated material. Now, a year after self-publishing my first book that inspired my, at the time, very tiny audience to launch their ideas, I turned it into uh, an online course. And then a year after that, it became a video course. And then two years later, lesson by lesson, it formed the outline of season one of my podcast. So as you know, my podcast is called Thriving Empire and season one was called The Freedom Philosophy, which is the same name as the book. Now, repurposing your content across different platforms over time really helps you explore your topic more deeply, helps you update your content with your latest insights and learning, and helps helps you evolve in line with your audience because they change too. And as you know them over time and they evolve over time, the content you created three years ago can be updated and evolved as well in line with them. It's almost like a win, 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 win on all sides. So even content you didn't think was that great back then can be transformed into brain candy with the insight and wisdom you have now. This is content alchemy at its best, you know. So what content, think about it, what content do you have lurking in the shadows of your first blog or maybe still sitting on your hard drive that you can revisit? And even though sometimes I know this from my own personal experience, it's really cringy to reread the stuff you wrote five years ago because you've just improved so much since then. You can really turn it into some of your best work. So don't overlook stuff you've created in the past. So step three, and this is, I personally love this step as well. I love all my steps. I'm just going to admit it. All these steps are great. But step three is to decide what you want to become great at. So this is really important when you're developing content because we spend so much time developing it. So we may as well develop it in the direction of what we want to become really good at. So do you want to become an amazing blogger or a podcaster or a Facebook live presenter? Do you want to be amazing at Instagram TV? Now the FOMO, you know, the fear of missing out, that FOMO driven certainty that we have to be everywhere all the time on every platform in case we miss our audience somewhere really does inject terror into choosing one platform. But these two questions I have here for you will slice through that mental mayhem. What do you want to become great at? What do you want to become great at? 
and what will help you create and sustain the life and lifestyle that you really want. Now, as for me, I really knew for the last couple of years that video was my future because people resonate so much more with me in person than they do with reading my writings or reading my blog posts and my books. They really come alive when when I'm with them face to face. But I didn't really have the confidence at that point to go beyond the safety net of my own digital classroom. So I had videos in my uh, online online classroom, which was, you know, a member only zone, but I wasn't really going public. Now, Facebook Live actually ticked both boxes um, when it came to what I was looking for. And serendipitously, I actually got a beta spot on a four-week training program that one of my business uh, peers was putting together. So I practiced like a pro within the safety of the group, and I launched my first Facebook Live show that month, safe in my living room, but publicly accountable. So in the beginning, it was really easy to practice live because I didn't have an audience. And by the time I was getting hundreds of views, I was in love with the process. So the key to remember is this. Be where you envision yourself to be. If you imagine yourself to be amazing on video, be on video, create video and put it somewhere and then practice like a pro. And the key is this, you don't need to worry about not having an audience at the start because it's so much better to practice when nobody is watching. Okay. And then you become a pro and as your audience kind of trickles in over time, then you are so confident and you also have the technical um, ability to uh, and capacity to actually be creating and producing the show, which is really cool. Um, But then, of course, I got really good at Facebook Live and then my lifestyle put a stop to the ease and joy of the show because I live in isolated beach locations. And so I can forget... 18 Mbps upload speeds, okay, which is pretty much what you need for live streaming. Forget it. One short season into my live streaming show, it was obviously untenable. I was getting kicked out of the show. I was losing internet connection. It was awful and so very stressful. So I had to rethink my strategy. And then podcasting seemed like a natural fit because it has has a similar intimacy factor, right? You are inside someone's earbuds that is so intimate and you can go with them wherever they are, even more places than video can go with them. And yet I can also do it on my own schedule. So I don't have to be live Thursday, 10 a.m. I can record it ahead of time. I can record, which is what I do, three or four episodes in a row and then publish them weekly. Okay. I can batch produce them, upload them when I have a strong internet connection and they are ready. They totally fit into my lifestyle. So I'm now addicted to podcasting as part of my freedom lifestyle. So think about the one thing you'd like to become great at and how that could support the lifestyle that you want as well. Find your sweet spot, then practice like a pro while no one's watching until you fall in love with the process and then start to focus 100% on just being your awesome self. So step four is to honor your schedule. So the hardest idea to swallow is that content creation can be scheduled. And I've had so many people say to me, oh, I just want to post on Instagram when I feel inspired. Oh, I just want to write when I feel inspired. Um, And they say they don't want to ruin their authentic flow. But listen, counterintuitively, I know this is counterintuitive, but it's the truth. Scheduling content creation in your calendar and then cultivating your creativity on demand is one of the most important and powerful things you can do for your business and for your life. To sit down and be creative. Oh my gosh, can you imagine how game-changing that is? Now, before I had my customer matrix that I mentioned in step one. 
I used to spend hours wondering what to write, procrastinating about what to write about, and not writing. I used to spend time not writing. I was wasting time. I was wasting my life. But using a combination of steps one and two, I now outline my podcast a season at a time. I batch three episodes every three weeks. I give myself 35 minutes to script each one, which I usually do Thursday mornings between 9am and 10.45am. I then give myself two hours to record all three, um, usually Friday, 12 midday to 2pm, because doing it the next day, I mean, I just love percolating overnight because I'm, I reread it on Friday before I record and I do very, very slight editing and polishing in it. So much better because I do get over, overnight inspiration. And then um, every Sunday morning between 8 and 9 a.m., I create the weekly blog post for it and schedule an email update to my audience and it's done. So I think, listen, when you've mapped out your content outline, think about how much time you want to invest in content creation. So one hour per blog post, 35 minutes per podcast script. Are you going to batch it every couple of weeks? Or are you going to create it fresh weekly, decide, commit, schedule it in your calendar and fiercely protect your schedule. Literally schedule your creativity and create the ability to be creative in a way that works for your schedule so that you can have a beautiful work-life balance and you're not at the whim of waiting for inspiration for your creativity to strike. No, you are a creative being and you need to to, uh, channel that creativity on demand. So this floor, um, floor, this strategy really wipes the floor with procrastination and it really will refund you your freedom life. So step five, again, I love this step. Let phase one of all of this be an experiment. Whatever you're doing, whatever you're trying, whatever you're experimenting with, let that phase, the first phase, just be an experiment. So with six-figure launches a la mode, totally in fashion, it's really easy to overlook the momentum that you can create with non-monetary and non-traffic related goals. So personal goals can really empower deeper learning and faster results because they are far more achievable and far more inspiring. So this is what I mean. For season one of my podcast, so essentially phase one of my podcast, I wanted to understand how to create, produce, and publish a podcast. I really wanted to explore my natural voice, tone, and style, and I wanted to discover the right process and systems for me. Now, while the majority of podcasts don't exist beyond seven episodes, that's right, seven episodes. Most people quit after that. I'm actually still motivated to be working on this season two for you because I achieved my phase one goals. So if I had set lofty financial or traffic goals, I would have failed and my enthusiasm would have waned for sure. But season two is about exploring the business model for the podcast and growing my audience. So another experimental phase, slightly different goals, slightly different growth-oriented goals, but still an experiment. I'm progressing poco a poco and I love it. And I really want to encourage you to look at everything you do as a set of hypotheses, experiments, results, and being able to analyze those results on repeat rather than failing, trying something and failing because you've got very lofty goals. So think about your personal goals for phase one of your content creation. Do you want to learn how to write well? Do you want to become a really good interviewer? Do you want to gain video confidence or simply master the process of producing a Google live show? Define your goals for personal growth and make this the focus before you define your business goals around that project. It will really fuel your momentum and enthusiasm for the long haul. 
You've got this, right? Your ability to succeed over the long term is commensurate with your willingness to conduct experiments and look at every set of results as feedback that informs the next set of experiments. Willingness to take a few risks and give yourself the benefit of the doubt will go so far and will propel you further than otherwise. So I know this for sure. The more I experiment, the more I learn and the closer I get to my goal of leaving the world more different than I found it, the happier, the more creative, the more in the flow I am in my life and work. Now, my clients tell me that literally at every point of contact, every email, every testimonial, um, every discovery call, they let me know what they want. Um, at every point of contact. So it's up to me to be really, really listening to what they're saying, the words they're using, the vocabulary they're using, the phrases they're expressing themselves with, the metaphors they're using, and use that information to help them get better results in their life and work. So if I can help them live and work on their own terms while they figure out how to make money from their ideas, my purpose is fulfilled. That is what my body is, my body of work is all about. So if you have podcast study pack two, you will find a mega guide in the podcast pack called content marketing for beginners, where I demystify content marketing for you. I walk you through the different aspects of designing your own content marketing strategy with a worksheet, of course, and I help you create your own content production workflow to maximize efficiency of your content creation and give you ideas for how to promote it as well. And of course, you'll also get a ton of other resources I don't share anywhere else. And the podcast pack is $27. What a steal. And if you don't want to invest in the podcast study pack, but you love the show and you'd like to support it, you could buy me a coffee instead, which I think is a really cool idea. Just head over to the show notes at stephanieholland.co forward slash 35, and you'll find a little buy me a coffee button in the sidebar or the blog post. It helps me stay ad free and caffeinated so that I can keep creating the best content for you. And also, if you love the show and you love writing reviews and supporting your favorite um, content, then you can also leave me a review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts if you're listening to it on your phone. And thank you so much in advance if you do that. Thanks for joining me today. Go off and create amazing content. Have fun with it all. Just remember, it's an experiment. Have a beautiful week. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode. I really appreciate you being here. Remember, you can get the podcast pack for season two by heading over to stephanieholland.co forward slash podcast pack two. Now, if you have any questions, comments, or inquiries, the best way to reach me is to DM me on Instagram via at Steph T. Holland, or head over to my website, stephanieholland.co, and hit up my contact form on the bottom right of the page. Your feedback points me in the right direction, so don't hesitate to get in touch. And if you enjoy the show, it would be so cool if you could rate, review, or subscribe. And if you do end up writing a review on your favorite podcasting platform, and you want to pick my brain, simply send me a screenshot of your review, and I'll jump on a 15-minute messenger chat with you. I've got almost two decades of experience in digital media a marketing strategy for the world's most formidable brands and business strategy for startups and people with awesome ideas. I'm here to help you create a rock solid foundation for your ideas and to share simple tips for eliminating overwhelm and burnout and becoming more organized and visionary in your life and work. So I'm looking forward to connecting with you and thank you again for supporting the show.